ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Andy. Caitlin Jacobs, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, the motorcycle industry is a buzz with your name and, and, uh, Randy at works racing suggested that I speak with you and, and here you are. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Randy. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to say I'm probably one of the few first motorcycle people related you've had other than Travis. Um, I've had Bo on, I've had, uh, Dustin Nelson, uh, I've had Brandy on, uh, Brandy just actually taped a couple of days before you. Um, it, it was all of a, a, a strange train change of a uh, train, uh, gosh, train of events. Um, I don't follow Instagram that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter Valeria does. I was telling you that earlier mm-hmm. and a buddy of mine, uh, who, who son races ATVs follows it. And he texts me a post. I get the post with you in it. And I get a post about Brandy and then I'm talking to Randy and I'm asking Randy questions and Randy's all high on you guys. And here we are, you know, and then Valeria reached out to you without even knowing any of that happened. Valeria reached out to you. And it all worked out perfectly. That's actually really cool. <laughs> um, we, uh, I, I'm an enthusiast. I love racing. I love ATV racing. Mm-hmm. I'm born into the ATV industry. So just give you a little history on me. Um, my dad was around in 1969 when the first three-wheeler came to the United States. Yes, that's a couple of days before you were born. <laughs> um, so. That's where I come from. Uh, we've raced motorcycles and ATVs, uh, and it's uh, it's just a way of life. Uh, I'm sure you can see the picture behind me. That's mm-hmm. a, a 2009 CRF 450 that was built for the magazines. 
And, um, no, we don't do very many motorcycles, but we've done a few and, um, that leads us to talking to you and, and getting your input. And you are a, a rising star in women's motocross or women's off-road. And, uh, I want to hear your story. How did you get into racing motorcycles and, and, and it's a sport generally dominated by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, uh, definitely dominated by men. And, uh, I think Brandy and myself are, uh, we're starting to mix it up, you know, racing with the boys, uh, doing pro-am, uh, which was pro two lights. Um, but yeah, I got started through my dad. Uh, he used to road race before I was born. And then my mom got pregnant with me and she was kind of like, uh, road racing's a little dangerous. I think we need to, we need to stop. So right when I was born, my dad kind of switched over to dirt thinking falling on the dirt isn't as bad as asphalt. So what, how much worse could an injury be? Um, so I kind of just grew up around dirt bikes, but I didn't really take any interest in them until I was around eight years old. And, uh, we were just kind of trail riding, doing the thing out in Hollister Hills, uh, like all the other families out there camping on the weekends. And, uh, I didn't start racing till I want to say it was 2015. I was probably 14 years old. I was on a 2013 250 XCFW and it was lowered. Um, and I was racing the woman C class. So I never even got the chance to race super minis or anything like that. So kind of lacked that experience a little bit. Um, but I was riding all the time and I started riding with boys like Dante and Mateo Oliveira, who are now winning the pro and pro 250 class and works in the national grand prix series. And, uh, just riding with the boys, they made me more aggressive and, they pushed me to be faster and better. And, uh, they definitely boys don't like girls, uh, passing them. They see the hair out of the helmet and, uh, they definitely give it more gas. So they make it tough, but it it makes me better and it makes me more aggressive with them as well. What, uh, what do you ride now? I'm on a 22, 2021, uh, 250 XCF KTM. Okay. And do you like that model? Yes. Um, I prefer it just cause it's a little more aggressive than the XCF, the XCF, um, version. So I'm on the moto version of the 250. uh, just a little more aggressive, uh, one less gear, but it doesn't for the style of racing that I'm doing. It's not true. Like GNCC style. Uh, I think it works fine. You're, you're enjoying that. Yeah. Do you ride many four fifties? Um, I've never been on a 450. I have ridden a couple 350s and I liked the 350 a lot. I just don't think I need that much power yet. Uh, you know, I see what the new pro 250 class that works made and all those boys on their 250s and how they're going 10 times faster than I am on my 250. And, uh, so I kind of look at that and, uh, I kind of gauge there. So, when you decided to run in the pro-am class, what was the deciding factor to go and, and throw your hat in the ring with the boys? Um, just qualifying, you know, uh, they take top 20 now for pro-am and, uh, I figured if I can get top 20 in the qualifying race, uh, I should be able to run with them. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of it really. It's just, if I can qualify, I'm going to do it. That's awesome. That is. What's your best finish so far in pro-am? 
Um, I haven't raced one yet this year, but last year when it was still considered pro two lights, I want to say my best finish was was a fifth at Blythe's. That's pretty good. Yeah. So do you prefer banging bars with the boys or racing with the women? Um, it's tough because when I have Lauren Woods out there with me, we're pretty similar in speed to where we're with each other battling the entire race. We're sometimes with the boys, they're a little too aggressive and they definitely, some of them have tried to take me out. Um, whereas when it's a clean battle, the whole race, it's definitely a lot more fun. So I think it just really depends, but I love racing with both. So how are you doing in the, in the women's pro class right now? I believe I'm second in points for works and as well as NGPC. What's NGPC? Uh, the national grand prix championship series. So it's the AMA version of works pretty much. Where do you race those races at? All the same locations, just different weekends. <laughs> so you go to the same tracks. <laughs> yep. Prim, Glen Helen, uh, Mesquite, everywhere's Havasu, pretty much all the same places. Well, I hadn't heard of that series. That's why I was wondering, you know, if they had different courses and stuff. What's your favorite? Where's your favorite place to race? Prim. I love going to Prim. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that one. Really? Not, uh, to me, it's just not as technical. Um, and uh, Dustin Nelson's wife passed me there one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm in the middle of the track and she's on one of this little thin strip of no whoop section right on the edge of the track two gears higher than I am. And I'm thinking I'm moving along pretty good. And I just was like, yeah, you know, maybe I ought to go back to four wheels because this wheeler thing's not working out for me too well, but that's not the only time bash passed me and made me look really bad, but it's okay. She, she's, she's a good gal. And she's, I don't know why she quit racing, but she was on the gas. Yeah. I don't know if you know who she is, but um, she raced works for a while. She raced motocross. Um, I actually have raced pretty much all my life and I was going and asking her pointers on the two wheeler. (laughs) Really? That's awesome. Well, it's less embarrassing asking her than it was some of the fast guys. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And when she's passing you on out there, it's, it's easier to ask her than, than somebody else. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you do for, what do you do to train? So, um, I've been kind of switching it up a little bit lately, just because my usual is I pretty much just ride motocross tracks around me here in Southern California, um, with my trainer, Jay Whipple, but this week he's in Freestone for the uh, motocross amateur national. So, uh, today I went out to Honda Valley and rode with some, uh, some of the Honda guys today. Um, and, uh, last week I was out with Destry. It's just, I've kind of been trying to put a little bit more off-road into it because it's been pure moto lately. And, uh, it's, it's hard trying to train for off-road on a moto track, but I don't like going to a track by myself to ride, especially since my dad has work during the week. And, um, it's, it's a lot harder for me to find someone down here to ride with during the week. 
and then the weekends I'm racing. So it's hard to kind of balance it. Um, I didn't ask this and, and excuse me if I'm out of line. I know you never ask a lady their age, but how old are you? Are you out of school? Uh, yeah, I'm 19. Okay. And so. so you're out of high school and mm-hmm. you go to college or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't. Racing's kind of my full-time thing right now. That's awesome. And is dad, the, is dad your mechanic as well? Um, when it comes to like, Harder things, yeah, but the basic washing the dirt bike, changing air filter oil, that's all me. So awesome. Yeah. So so dad trained you right and said if you want to ride it, you got to work on it. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. You need to you need to shake his hand for me and tell him that's a great job. I will. <laughs> because my daughter never raced, but I was always the take care of everything, dad. Mm-hmm. And she did go ride. Dad cleaned the bike prepped the bike, did everything. And all she had to do is throw her leg on and put a helmet on and go ride. Oh, that'd be, there's some days I wish it was like that for me. (laughs) Uh, Well, are you originally from Southern California area? No, I'm not. I'm actually originally from Northern California, the Bay area, San Jose. Okay. Is it it better riding up there or, or, or harder? Um, where I was at, I had one local track called 408. Once they closed, it made it really hard for me to go find places to ride because everything was about an hour away if I wasn't sitting in traffic. And then the traffic up there started getting worse and worse. Um, So it made it a little bit harder to ride up there. And then I was getting ready for Loretta's in 2017. And I had a friend up there who was staying at a compound down here called Grindstone, um, who is run by Carrie Shear. Uh, her son is Gage Shear, and then her husband's Brian Shear, who works at Twisted Development. Um, and so I came down here one summer, stayed at her compound, and it kind of just being down here and how close everything was all the moto tracks and there's sand tracks down here that are super close. Everything was just right here. It was just the Mecca of dirt bikes and everyone around here rode. Um, so they didn't care if you were kind of riding around. And so that's kind of how we got down here. And then it was just a lot cheaper down here for my dad to buy a house as well. Uh, I get that. Yeah. What portion of, of Southern California are you guys in? We're in uh Wildemar, which is kind of between Lake Elsinore and Marietta. Okay. I understand. I know where you're at now. <laughs> I had to, had to put all the pieces together there. Yeah. Uh, we're still another hour South of you. Where at? In we're in East County, which is uh, El Cajon. Okay. Lakeside. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Santee area. So mm-hmm. Back when motocross, well, this is before you, back when motocross, all the fast guys lived in El Cajon. Um, this is where, this is basically where I grew up. Um, my dad was, uh, he built motors, he built bikes for Ricky Johnson when he was, when he was making his way up. Um, I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell this, but when he was riding for Yamaha, they were having some engine difficulties. And they brought my dad some parts to work on and uh, solved their problem. 
and gave their mechanics a, a, a leg up so that Ricky could have some better success against Brock, um, who was his biggest competition at the time. And mm. uh, that, uh, that relationship that my dad had with, with Ricky was pretty good. Um, and kind of set the tone for a lot of things. A lot of the young motocross guys or motorcycle guys of the, um, 90s, 80s, you know, spent a lot of time in, in El Cajon and a lot of them uh, had my dad work on stuff. So we, we got to meet uh, a lot of different people and, and it, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nothing like meeting some of the guys today that that uh, are superstars. You know, they don't know who the quad guys are now, but it, it's okay. When, when, uh, I was working for a guy named Doug Eichner and, um, he's a multi-time works champion and in the ATV side. And before we would, uh, race works, we would go to, he would go to Glen Helen and train on his, uh, 250R. And this is back when Jeremy McGath rode and Emig and all those guys. And when the supercross was happening out here on the West coast, uh, they would take bets on who could catch the quad and pass the quad. And in all the times that they bet on him, there's only one guy that ever caught him and passed him. Really? Yep. Jeremy McGrath. <laughs> the only one. And uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. There was a big, uh, the tracks changed so much. And I'm sure you've been to Glen Helen, but they used to have this big, long, double and mm -hmm. the motorcycle guys couldn't believe that the quad could jump it you know really? he jumped it yep the quads could jump anything you can jump i feel like it's just scarier on a quad i don't know i feel like i couldn't jump something on a quad ask travis <laughs> he has a total different feel for it he adapted to it pretty fast mm -hmm. i mean i think that you know, you look at Bo, Bo adapted to it, took his skill set for motorcycles. Uh, one of the biggest names in ATV champions is a guy named Gary Denton. Mm -hmm. He came from the motorcycle side. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're, uh, most of your good ATV guys have had some motorcycle experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, they cross train, you know, um, I've seen Mike Sloan ride a, a dirt bike in Page. There are videos of it really. And he's phenomenal. Eichner was a good motorcycle rider. Dustin mm -hmm. uh, Nelson, the, the multi you know, a champion on a motorcycle. And then you put him on a quad and he became a champion on a quad too. So um, yeah. th there is a lot of crossover. So uh, it, it would help build upper body strength. If you were riding an ATV, especially one that's set up to do what you're doing, mm -hmm. it would build your upper body strength. Yeah. But uh, do you do any mountain bike riding or any road bike stuff to uh, help expand the lungs? Um, yeah, I'll ride my mountain bike with my dad. He'll get on his e-bike and uh, I'm just on a normal, regular manual mountain bike. So he'll just spin circles around me and he pushes me to kind of go faster um, as well as being in the gym at Icon Sports uh, with my trainer, Jeremy Walker. Um, I'm in there three days a week. Um, sometimes less depending on the race weekend and coming back from a race. It just kind of depends really. Yeah. How, how you feel after. Yeah. How long are the, the pro women's races? 
at works, they are 55 minutes, I believe, maybe 60 minutes. Um, and then at NGPC, we're an hour and a half. We're in the pro race. Oh, which do you prefer? <sighs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I like I like the 60 minutes because it doesn't feel as long. And it's like it's a good push and you can sprint the whole time. But I also like the hour and a half because there's a if I don't get a good enough start, there's more time where I can make up that time. Uh, so I think it really just depends when you raced, uh, in the, in the, what was, what is the pro-am class last year? Was it a two hour race then? Um, I believe some of the rounds, but then there were a couple of rounds that were double headers that were only an hour and a half. And then I want to say have at the end of last year when I did, it was only an hour and a half as well. What do you have to I like Havasu, but after doing an hour and a half there, two weekends in a row, that was, that was a little gnarly. Did it beat your hands up or did it just beat the I don't blister. Honestly, I don't get blisters. So that's not an issue for me. Well, I don't wear gloves and I don't blister either. Really? Really? (laughs) I love it. You know, not blistering is, is a, is heaven sent because it really is. I see people's hands at the end and I'm like, that really does look painful, but I'm very glad I do not have them. Yeah. I been, I went and rode a race up in Canada. I can't even remember the name of it. And the guy, the promoter said, if you make it to the halfway point, It'll be, you aren't going to do it. You're just never going to make it. Cause I wasn't the first guy to race a ATV with no gloves. Mm-hmm. Dylan Zimmerman went there the year before, or two years before and rode. So he had seen somebody ride with no gloves before. And mm-hmm. I ate hours with not a, not a blister one. Couldn't even tell. Wow. Uh, it's just when you work with them every day and I do, I work, you know, I'm a mechanic and I work in solvents and grease and everything. You, it's like my whole hand is a callus. You don't get like rocks to your hands or anything like from the wrist. No, I've never had, you know, I think I've got a rock and a finger one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I raced desert, I think I got a cactus stuck in it one time. Oh, that did not feel good. Um, no, but. <laughs> you pull over and take it out. No, you get to the pit. You, when you change riders after you get off, then you let the guy get a pair of pliers and pull it out. And yeah. it, you know, it was painful for a little while, but when you're riding, you know what it's like when you're riding, yeah. you can have injuries or have something bad happen and you just keep riding because yeah. it, it's numb until you stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just remember, uh, when I was out in Arizona at Destry Abbott's place for New Year's this year, it was one of, I think, our last days riding with them. There was a pretty big group of us. Uh, it was right after our RPM team photo shoot. So we all kind of went out to Destry's after. And uh, we were out riding and we were riding one of Destry's turn tracks out there. And uh, he brushed a cactus with his hand. He just he leaned over a little too far into it and it went straight through his finger and like through his bone and he couldn't extend his finger out. His whole finger went numb. It was super swollen and uh, he had to go get it like surgically removed out of his bone. I 
fortunately wasn't that bad. Yeah. So <laughs> when I hear cactus in the hand, that's what I think of. Um, yeah, I was just very fortunate. I never had, um, you know, I had more problem with, with a few rocks in the chest than I ever had um, having problems with my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think I broke a goggle one time getting hit in the face with a rock. It just oh. cracked the lens. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, didn't didn't do any damage to me, but scared the crap out of me. Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, I, I've ridden a long time and I've done most everything I do with no gloves, you know, mountain bike riding, everything. And I know guys that that wear gloves and I'm like, riding a bicycle, not a not a moto. Come on. Yeah. You don't need gloves. <laughs> you know, it's just like people to work out with gloves. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you protect yourself, I guess, any way you have to, right? Yeah, I definitely don't work out in gloves. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't ride with a, well, if you, if you don't blister, you, you, that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, I think honestly, when I was in elementary school, I was always playing on the monkey bars. And so I think that really helped my hands. So maybe more people should go play on monkey bars. Well, there you go. <laughs> Ride without gloves once, once, one day a week. And that helps as well. Yeah, exactly. So when you're not racing, what are you doing? That's a tough question because this last weekend was my first weekend off and some time. And now I'm about to go six weeks into more racing. And, uh, it was hard for me to find something to do, but usually I'll go hang out with friends or I'm always doing something related to dirt bikes um, mountain biking. I'll just go do that for fun. I really have a lot of fun going and doing that. Um, yeah. Hiking kind of, I'm always like outside. If there's something outside that I can do, that's probably what I'm doing. And then you're just like the rest of us. You're hooked on a sport and that's your life. Yeah. It dirt bikes are definitely my life. Uh, everything I do is kind of related to them, but I love it. I wouldn't change it. How does, how does the family handle you being gone all the time for dirt bike stuff? Um, it's just me and my dad. So, uh, so we need our space sometimes cause we're always with each other. Um, but I think it's good for us when I leave every couple of days, you know, to go out to Arizona or to kind of go somewhere. Uh, and then I come back and yeah, I I don't think he really cares. I mean, I'm sure he misses me and I miss him, but it's nice to have a break for sure. Well, that's pretty awesome that you have that relationship with your dad. Yeah. I got to, I want to ask a personal question and you can avoid this if you'd like to, but beings that you're always around motocross guys, I'm assuming that you date motocross guys and how do they like it when you pass them or go faster than they do? (laughs) Um, that that, that air your your face is even turning red wow (laughs) um so i don't know my dad kind of has this rule they're not allowed to be slower than me they have to be faster than me and i mean i'm kind of with that rule too (laughs) so um (laughs) 
Um, I've honestly, I haven't dated that many that ride, uh, boys are distractions just as much as girls are distractions. So, um, I'm just trying to, I don't know if something happens, it happens, but I like keeping them more as friends than anything. And I think, I think of myself as one of the dudes as well. So just kind of, it's like that. I get that. I totally get that. You're mm-hmm. probably smarter than most of the boys. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. No, no hesitation needed. When you love something and you don't want to have a distraction, you don't build it in. And mm-hmm. we've lost more than one great athlete in more than one sport because mm-hmm. of a distraction of, of a female. You know? Yeah. 100%. And it's the same thing for us. And I feel like as women, we don't get to do this or be pro for as long as guys do. I mean, once it's time for us to have a family, that's kind of the end of our career. And so I'm just trying to make the most of it while I'm still young and I'm not trying to get distracted right now. I have the rest of my life to do that. So that's a pretty awesome way to look at it. Yeah. Talking about career and length and time, how long, just for grins and giggles, how long do you think you're going to race? I hope to always race my whole life. Um, but to be competitive, I w- that's a tough one because I do want to win championships. I want to, you know, go East at some point and race GNCCs and win championships at that and race ISDE and, you know, hopefully help the women's trophy team be able to win some more overalls. Um, so that's kind of a tough question is how long I can see this going. I think it's more of whether I don't get burnout. I think that's a big thing is not burning myself out on it. Racing six weeks in a row and then having a weekend off and then racing that that's kind of a recipe for burnout. Yeah. And so just kind of keeping it fun, like finding the fun things in it and what makes going to the races fun rather than, Oh, I have to go to another race. Like just always trying to find that fun, but still trying, like I want to do my best, but keep it fun. Well, I look at it this way for everybody that's not getting a paycheck. It better be fun or why are you doing it? Yep. No. And then exactly. if you're getting a paycheck, you know, it's already fun because you're getting paid to be there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you could be at home pulling weeds or at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an amateur at the racetrack, you scored. Yeah. But now if you're a pro and you're getting paid to be there, it's a double win. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've been missing my works family and missing some races. Um, we had a change of life uh, in, in 2020. Um, every, most everybody that knows me knows the situation with my mom and um, needing to be home. My wife is an amazing woman and does an amazing job helping take care of my mom, but it's not her responsibility. Um, her sons need to take care of her. My brother has always been home and hasn't been traveling, uh, as much as I do. And, um, it was just time to be home 
to help take care of mom a little and, and be there for dad. Uh, I caretake for my parents and I'm, and I'm here at their house and my wife and I are all the time. And my dad's 85 years old and still can outwork most of the young people. Yeah. I'm just very fortunate that pops is still on his game and teaching my brother and I every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that's one of the reasons why I don't get to go to the races as much anymore, but we're, we're, we have some feelers out and uh, just like you racers, mechanics and people that build machines are always, you know, we get in transition time too, where we don't always have somebody in the stable working on their machine and, and, and taking care of it. So uh, it, it's been nice, but you know, after 30 years of traveling, you, you miss it. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. And uh, yeah. Uh, being home, I've been fortunate. The business is super busy and, and it keeps me working every day. So I don't have downtime, but, uh, going to the races and seeing my race family. I, I love that. Yeah. So many good friends. The difference I think between the motorcycle side, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the ATV group is a family. I don't care what flag you wear and I don't care what brand you ride. I don't, I don't care. It's a family. The, the group comes together when anybody's in need and takes care of them. Uh, from the experience I've had, it doesn't seem like the motorcycle guys are near as tight as the ATV guys are. Um, yeah, I'd agree, but Yeah. everyone like it's almost like everyone talks to each other and everyone hangs out together and like we'll all do that but then at the end of the day everyone goes back to their pits and like that's who you're with like if you know it's it's pretty clicky looking at it from the outside in um but i'd say ngpc and the that's also uh it's combined with district 37 which is a very family family oriented uh, race series. And so every like state has a district and California is split into two different districts, which is Southern California, which is district 36 and Northern California, which is district 30 or down here is district 37 and up North is district 36 and uh, district 36 is where I came from. And up there, everyone at the races is there to help each other and is very much like a family as much as just like you explained. Um, I'd say the higher uh, you go up in motocross and things like that, it's very clicky. Right. You forgot about district 38. Oh yes. District 38 as well. Yeah. Have you, have you raced much desert? No, um, not really other than works and NGPC. Um, other than that, I don't think I've really done. I've never done a hare and hound. I do want to do one though. How about a best in the desert race or a score? I've never done one of those either. Is it on your radar? Yeah, I do hope to do a little bit of everything at some point. Um, I'm hoping to get to a hare and hound later this year. Um, yeah, I, I just love riding my dirt bike, so I don't care whether it's desert in the trees, uh, a mud race, motocross, I've done supermoto, so I can check that one off. Um, I just like doing a little bit of everything. Have you, have you got to road race yet? I have not. I think if I ever asked to do that, my dad will be jumping at it. So 
Well, that's something you got to keep on the radar there because um, that is if I haven't got to do it yet, but I want to uh, before I get too old to ride at all. Mm-hmm. I just love watching Mark Marquez. That guy is poetry in motion on a motorcycle on the asphalt. Oh yes, watching the guys on the asphalt, it's it's crazy because they're so smooth and it's pretty cool to watch them, honestly. Um it is. The 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 difference from the old school days to to what they can do on a motorcycle now on the asphalt, it's night and day. These guys are incredible. Yeah. Um, and most of the asphalt guys ride moto mm-hmm. and flat track. Yeah. I'll see them out at, uh, in their off season in the summer. I always see them out at Paula. A lot of the named guys are at Paris. I always see them at Paris too. So, uh, it's cool to see. And it helps like going over to the pavement and over the summer when I did some supermoto, it really helped me coming back over to the dirt and my cornering and everything like that. It's, it's cool to like see it all kind of work together well you you have to have a better education to be faster mm-hmm. it's real it's good being like my dad's always told me being a well-rounded rider and doing a little bit of everything is always good you learn something from everything exactly exactly have you ever tried trials i've not but i've been begging my dad to get me a a trials bike. But the only problem is, is I don't really have anywhere near me to kind of go ride that my backyard isn't big enough to build anything. Um, so that's kind of the only problem with that, but got a car, right? I do. I have a van. Well, the neighbor's got a car, right? Teach yourself to go over the top of the car. And if you get good enough, you won't even break the windows. Yeah, I, I don't think my neighbors would be too stoked on me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't say they would have to be agreeable with it. You know, I mean, yeah. trying it out is trying it out. Yeah. One of the kids that uh, worked for us years back, he's a phenomenal shock tuner for trophy trucks now. But he had a trials bicycle. That's cool. So, yeah, you're thinking what I'm thinking. This year, this past uh, New Year's, we were at Taylor Roberts' house, and every year he does this uh, trials bike kind of like competition at his house in his backyard with his neighbor. And they had the trial bikes there, and his trainer was on one, and it was really, they were going over the same obstacles all the other trial bikes were like motorized trials bikes. So it was pretty cool to like see it. And like, it was cool. It's unbelievable. The things they can do. Oh yeah. Like it's even harder on that with no motor. Cause that's all you. Right. Exactly. But I think that it teaches you balance. Oh yeah. And the balance rolls into being able to use your body in different fashions. Like, uh, you know, when you go off a jump, you naturally whip the bike, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I could throw a whip. Well, you can't throw a whip. Baby whips. Well, Hey, you know, baby whips are baby whips. I can't throw a whip at all. So, and I've probably been riding a motorcycle longer than you've been alive. So, you naturally just get a little whip going. 
you know, mm-hmm. or the bars turn slightly. It's just your style, you know. Mm-hmm. All of the learned body motions and muscles and all of those things could just keep teach you so much. I, I don't think that you realize how much muscle you use moving the machine around. Oh, I don't think any of us do, but I think if I were to stop going to the gym and not do anything for a while and then go ride like months later, I think I'd realize it then for sure. Your muscle memory is pretty good. Yeah. You'd be really sore afterwards. Your muscles would remember what to do. And, and, you know, you've been riding a long time. You're not, it's not going to go away in a day. No, no. You know, and if you keep, if you keep progressing and keep riding as much as you do, um, I, I can see many, many different things happening. Um, have, have you had any calls to go back East yet? Or is it just something that you want to go do? Uh, I have not had any calls yet. Um, it's just kind of something I want to go do. Um, I think we're still looking at the GNCC schedule right now to see where we can fit it in kind of with the works and NGPC series since with RPM, I am contracted to those series. Um, yeah. So hoping to get out there this year for one. Um, I'm not sure if the schedules will align though. What, what do they say about it? What does your sponsor say about it? Um, they love the more racing I do, the better, honestly, it's more exposure for them, more exposure for myself. So. Right. Did you tell them about the coming on the podcast? I have not yet, but, uh, I'll well, definitely let them know. I hope that you use it to your best advantage on social media. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. They're, they're, well, we're a little early to, to be talking about it, but I will be in touch with you when it comes closer to airing your episode and get some, some stuff information from you. And I got those pictures already and, and, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. This is a new world for me because mm-hmm. I'm not a media person. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to be a media guy. And at no point did you get a script? No, no, I definitely did not. You didn't know about questions. Uh, you didn't even know who I was. You still don't even really know who I am. Um, and, and that's what I like the most. I like getting cold conversations so that it's just real, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like the red face you got when I asked you about boys, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it, you have to get all the information and you need it raw so that people enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they, then hopefully that the role, the, the, the crossover crowd, which there is, believe it or not, there is a huge crossover crowd of motorcycle people that listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, I don't know. I don't totally know why. Uh, maybe they have friends that ride ATVs or they're just looking for something uh, off-road orientated to, to get information about. Um, mm-hmm but it, it's awesome that motorcycle people do enjoy it. Um, yeah. Travis Damon is to date the biggest episode on my podcast. Really? That's awesome. That's a, that's pretty cool to hear. Uh, uh, yeah. And he's, and we talk, <laughs> I like to ask questions about his dirt bikes, you know, uh-huh. um, because it's not something I do every day. Yeah. You know, it's just like your machine. I know very little about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I won't say what I think, but I'm not a, I'm not necessarily an orange, an orange fan. Um, but I hear good things, you know, um, and you're having great success with them and and they're taking good care of you. Yep. Have you ridden any, you can ignore this question or, or shake it off. Have you ridden other brands? I've ridden a Yamaha 250F once, and that is the only other bike I've ever ridden other since I've been on big, big bikes. That's the only other bike I've been on. And so they have you dialed in with suspension and motor package and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, KTM and AO, they definitely have me set right now with a uh, suspension and everything. So it works awesome. Do you spend much time with the factory or is it mostly independent stuff? Um, it's mostly independent stuff. We're more of just like a supported team, uh, for like things at races, you know, things like that. But other than that, we're pretty independent. Do, do you get any interaction with, with the factory guys at all? Um, we don't get to go test or anything with them. Uh, it's more of like, you kind of have to earn your way up. Uh, it's almost, this team's kind of like a stepping stone into KTM as long as you're doing well. Um, so that's kind of like how we all look at it. You kind of have, you have to earn what you get. Um, I understand throughout the year. So it's just kind of things like that. Uh, but, you know, we're pitted next to the factory KTM and Husky. So it's pretty cool. Like we've gotten to know the uh, KTM mechanics pretty well this past year. Um, yeah. So they just kind of they'll come over. They'll check our bikes every once in a while uh, if they have nothing else to do in their pit. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've gotten to go to Dakar, the Dakar rally in South America a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And they put on a show by how well they're organized and they have the machines dialed, their team is dialed, you know, they get full nights worth of sleep because they just, they just come in, knock it out and they're ready to go to dinner at dinner time. And they go to bed at a normal time and get up early and, and, uh, it doesn't beat them up as bad. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm still working on the machine going to the start line when they're getting out of bed. Yeah. And I've been up all night. So it's, uh, it's not because we're disorganized. It's because my guy doesn't come in and for four or five hours after them, sometimes later than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how streamlined they are. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't got to be involved with, um, their works program or their moto moto program, but their Dakar program is top notch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if how much you follow that. No, we definitely, uh, you know, we support Ricky Brabeck and, uh, Skylar house. I got to be his teammate one year at the Skylar house's teammate for the Caselli team ride, uh, team race. So that was pretty cool. He did it on his Dakar bike. So that was cool. That was a cool experience. The, did you get to the, oh, you didn't even get to ride it. Did you? No, I just got to see it, but even seeing it like in person was pretty cool and seeing him ride it like on the vet track, even though it was just the vet track, like he was jumping everything on it. So. And that's a big, heavy machine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. It was super cool. Are you going to test the 450 at all? 
Um, I do not see myself really getting on a 450. Uh, just being a girl, I, I think I'm a little too small for a 450, but I for sure can see myself getting on a 350 in the future. Uh, if I definitely get on the gas a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, do you do any special drills to, to train for speed? Uh, does your trainers put you through sp- specific exercises, not just going out and burning off motos, but you know, do they time your turns or time your rhythm sections? We do a lot of sprints, one lap sprints and, uh, he'll do it. We'll take my best sprint of the day. And, uh, I basically go like, it's at the end of the day, like when I'm tired and I have to beat that time to be able to be done for the day. So, uh, it definitely, it's hard because the track gets rougher and rougher as the day goes on and you're just getting more and more tired. Um, but it makes you push because you just want to beat that time. So you can pack up and go get lunch or go home. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I want to go, I want to go eat. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a lot I, of energy on that bike. Yeah. We do a lot of sprints. Um, and then, you know, the next day you go to the track, you take your best time from the previous time you were at that specific track and you try and beat it so that, so that way, you know, you're always progressing every time you go to the track. Uh, Bo Barron was telling me something about that is if you're not out there putting in the moto hard motos, mm-hmm. you're not doing yourself any justice. Yeah. If you're just going out there and you're doing the same lap times over and over again, you're just, you're not getting better. You're not improving, you know, so there's always something for someone to work on and you just kind of have to figure that out. <laughs> that brings me to this question about diet. Have you got into any, uh, different forms of diets? I know you're 19, you're young and destructible. Um, just like most of the boys, you can eat anything you want most of the time I'm assuming, and it never affects you, but there are foods and there are way diets that give you more energy. Have you, have you experimented with any of that? I've never done like specific diets. I've always genuine, general, generally been a pretty healthy person. Um, I do the grocery shopping for my dad and I, I do the cooking. So it's kind of what I want to eat. Uh, it's a lot of chicken, vegetables, and rice. I'd say that's probably what we eat every night, almost just with a different vegetable. Uh, you know, um, I have found that if I eat too much sugar one day or something not as like healthy, like a bag of chips, like, you know, at night. And then I try and go ride the next day. You kind of feel a little sluggish. Whereas if you don't eat that kind of stuff and you feel you have more energy. So I've kind of noticed that in my diet. So I try to avoid those foods and, uh, but nothing super specific. That's typical youth right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No dark, no soda pop. Then I take it. Uh, no, I'm not a big soda person. The carbonation, like it makes me super gassy. So I try to stay away from that. Nice. I didn't need to know that, but that's okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, what about, um, supplements or vitamins or anything like that? Do you, do you have a program for that as well? I do take electrolytes and BCAs. Um, it was something my gym trainer, uh, recommended to me and, 
but I don't drink any protein shakes or anything like that. I don't like the way the uh, protein shakes taste. Um, whether I do it with water or milk, I've tried almond milk. I've tried a lot of different ways with the protein shakes and I can't seem to be able to like the taste and get them down. Um, so I really only drink water and the BCAs and electrolytes and that's about it. All right. Well, that's, that's better than nothing. And, and you have to listen to your body and do what your body says and, yeah. and make sure that uh, it, it all works for you. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It was a pleasure speaking with you and, and Caitlin, I, as always with all my guests, I want to um, invite you back. Um, maybe later on in the year when your season's progressed and you know a little bit more where you're going to roll out in the different series that you race, if you could come back and, and sit with us and uh, tell us how the year went. And uh, if there's any changes in your program or, or any big news that you need to give us. So uh, don't hesitate. You have my contact information. You reach out to me anytime and, uh, and get us that information. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And it's our honor. Um, I don't believe that women's sports get enough coverage. Mm -hmm. um, if you look back at the guests that I've had on my podcast, I've tried to uh, reach out to as many of the professional women as I possibly can. And some of the amateurs mm -hmm. and, and have them on because uh, I have a daughter. Well, I have three daughters, but um, I had an athlete, a daughter that um, got kind of overlooked. Mm -hmm you know, and, and the, the men's sports, uh, were the thing. And, and I get it, you know, most of the people want to watch the men's sports, I, you know, mm -hmm. I understand, but you're out there doing the same thing. You're putting in the hours, you're putting in the time you're, you're working on your machine. You deserve some credit and you deserve some airtime. And, and that's what this is all about. And again, we have to give a special shout out to Randy at works, uh, for sending you our way. Um, and I don't even think you were aware of that. And that's, no. that, that's even better. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. And, uh, women are definitely overlooked. So I really do appreciate this. And, uh, thank you. Like I said, you need to, you need to stay in contact with us and you need to push it so that I get you back on or, or give people updates, you know, in the little short videos that we do to make it happen for you. I will. Thank you. No problem. And your sponsors, uh, uh, tell them, thank you very much. And make sure you give your dad a big old hug for me because that father daughter relationship is super important. And when you move on past using dad as a mechanic or a helper, um, he's going to be, you're going to, he's going to be missing it and, uh, make sure that you, uh, always include him because he's the guy that supported you and got you where you are. Oh, I definitely will. Uh, he will always be involved with my racing somehow, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't think he could stand if he wasn't a part of it somehow. So that's awesome. That's that, that, that makes a father happy to hear that. Yeah, definitely. All right, young lady, you have a wonderful night. And again, thank you for coming on ATV talk. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.